powerful and intriguing tips and tricks for speakers by speakers. Welcome to the Keyfi Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Keyfi Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to keyfivepodcast.com. Today, we're talking with Stephanie Scotty, a contemporary speech coach who has dedicated her entire career to preparing speakers for high-stake events. She's also the owner of Professionally Speaking, a consulting and training company. Let's get started. So, Stephanie, uh, tell us, uh, how did you get into the business you're in of helping others prepare for their presentations? Robert, it's really kind of interesting because for, for me, it actually goes back to high school and Mrs. Griffith's public speaking class at Hampton High School in Hampton, Virginia. And it's funny sometimes how those things that happen in your early years, ninth and 10th grade, really set the, the whole pattern for the rest of your life, which is exactly what happened. Uh, what I found is that I really loved public speaking because I loved the connection you could make with the audience. And it's, it was that connection that really got me hooked. And as much as I enjoyed speaking, I got even greater satisfaction coaching my peers as they prepared for speech competitions, competitions that they won. So I went on to study communications in college and education and thought I was going to be a high school teacher, but decided not to be a high school public speaking teacher and instead was hired by the largest federal speakers bureau in the nation. And at the age of 22, I was training entry level through White House to go out and speak on energy policy. Wow. And it's still amazing me today. I know it's, it's amazing that in my 20s, I had the privilege of working with the president's cabinet. And that was my start. And throughout my career, I have worked with thousands of high-level decision makers to close their, those multi-million dollar deals, gain support for new products, and shape policy literally all the way up to Capitol Hill. So I feel very fortunate. Wow, that's uh, an impressive story that resonates with me. I think of the impact that you have been making through others. But I bet as you've helped many in their presentations, you've also seen a lot of mistakes. What are We often learn from some of those mistakes. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see speakers make? Oh, there are two that come to mind immediately. One of them is to remember that your PowerPoint deck is not your presentation. In today's business world, PowerPoint has become synonymous with a presentation to the point where the length of a talk is commonly measured by the number of slides you're told to present. That just, you know, does not work in the real world. And so really you need to recognize that you are the primary focus when you speak and that it's your ability to connect with your audience that really makes the difference between giving a talk or sending out a report. Okay. So that's really number one. Mm -hmm. And I have another, if we have time to share it. Yes, please. And that would be that people resist or neglect practicing out loud. They read their notes, they say it in their heads, but rarely do they take the time to read it out loud. And that's what makes the pivotal difference. Interesting. It's only when people read it out loud. Yeah, it's only when they read it out loud that they can find out where they trip up, what works, what makes sense. And that's the only way you really find out how long the talk is. Hmm. So on average, it takes about five times minimally, but 
and at about three times you're done editing and the fourth time is when you start to focus really on your delivery so practice out loud that's great advice. And I can see those challenges. I remember the first time I spoke, I thought, well, I don't want to talk to my neighbor or somebody that I know. I'll sound silly, but I was willing to stand in front of people and sound silly instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, really, when you practice out loud, it doesn't necessarily have to be with people initially. You can, I tell them, you don't have to be in a conference room. You can practice out loud driving your car down the road. You know, you can practice in the shower when no one else will hear you. You can practice when running an errand around your house or taking care of a chore. The idea is just to have to say the word. Makes sense to me. Stephanie, I know that you have worked with a lot of different speakers and, and presenters, but there's different kinds that you've discovered. What, what are the different kinds of presenters and the different kinds of presentations that they deliver? How do they line up? Yeah. Over the years, I started to watch people, especially, you know, since we work with business leaders, and, and sometimes they don't have a lot of time to prepare a talk. So I started to wonder, how can I make this easier for them? How can I make the preparation and the delivery in a way that really boosts their confidence and makes it just easier for them? And when I asked that question, I started to observe that most speakers fall into one of three categories. And they either fall into what I call the expert the interpreter, or the catalyst. And you can think of this as a continuum with expert on the far left and catalyst on the far right. And it's not that one is better than the other. It's that the skills it takes to achieve that role, to, to be the best you can be serving in that role. So I actually developed an assessment tool. I call it the value chain of public speaking. And it's just a self-assessment where we look at every single aspect of public speaking and try to diagnose or indicate for a particular speech what role are you being asked to play. And once you understand the role you're being asked to play, then the purpose of your, of your presentation gets clarified and the skills it takes to deliver it and achieve the results you're looking for also get clarified. Stephanie, when you, I, the expert, I like the visual you have of expert on the left, catalyst on the right. I suspect many would think, you know, based on most graphs, well, I, I need to move to the right. So tell us about a catalyst. What, what is that speaker or that presentation intended to deliver? You know, most people think they either want to be catalysts or are catalysts as public speakers. And I think that is the hardest one to achieve for many reasons, but the catalyst is the one that accelerates change. Their whole purpose is to inspire people to change. But in doing that, you're disrupting the status quo. Hmm. You're creating a vision of what could be. And people that would be catalysts that, that your listening audience might identify with are people like Martin Luther King. You know, he just came up, talked about something that wasn't popular everywhere, but set a vision of how the world could be different. So to be a catalyst is probably the highest skill set and requires a lot of practice and time and probably evolving of the talk, the evolution process of the talk, as opposed to the expert on the other end who's a subject matter expert and they're sharing the information they know and, and delivering it in a way that other people easily get it. Okay. Stephanie, many of the speakers that we've talked to and that I've engaged with, they're hired to do a keynote or maybe at a company to do almost like a, 
pep talk. Uh, and it's maybe talking about a, maybe a specific topic that could relate to sales or customer service, or there's a new program they put in place. But at the end of the day, they want people to feel good when they walk away. Is that a catalyst, an interpreter, or an expert most often for the, our professional speakers, would you say? Yeah, I would like, I think they would like to think of themselves as catalysts, but I suspect they're at a high level of an interpreter. Because the role of an interpreter is to take content, to take data, and give it meaning, making, make it meaningful to the listener so that they're able to take a specific action. So an interpreter has a specific action they want people to take, where a catalyst is just painting a vision of what could be. That's a different way of looking at the world. Okay. Does that help, Robert? It does. One other question that really strikes me with your model. Every speaker has been taught and, and understands the power of story. Can stories fit at all three levels of an expert presentation, an interpreter presentation, or catalyst presentation? Absolutely. The purpose of a story is for people to better understand and connect with what's being said. And that happens at every level. Interesting. So if you're delivering just uh, a presentation of here's the facts to a bunch of accountants or a bunch of scientists, you could still tell a story and be the expert. You don't have to necessarily inspire them to go and change the world. Is that correct? Exactly. Because stories, I mean, they can be used for inspiration, definitely, but they're primarily used to help you make sure you understand what's being talked about. So with an expert, the purpose is strictly to share information. It's to inform. So the story helps to inform them in a way that makes sense. Hmm. For an interpreter, the purpose of their role is so that they can influence people to take an action. So the story may help people to understand what it could look like differently. If they did it differently, this is what you might have. Interesting. And a catalyst is painting a vision. So their story is be a different kind of story, but it helps to paint that vision. I suspect as you work with many executives like CEOs of companies, they want to cast a vision and be a catalyst. Is it, are those skills that can be learned? Absolutely, they can be learned. But again, a catalyst is a talk. It's like a keynote speaker or a paid speaker who's been given the talk over and over again for years, and they continue to refine and refine and refine it. So for somebody in business, they usually don't have the time to, for the talk to evolve to that point. So again, the, it's rare that I find a CEO that can pull that off unless it's a talk they're giving over and over and over again, or some aspect of it that's being given repeatedly. Sounds like you need to know yourself and your strengths to be able to deliver the right kind of presentation. Absolutely, and that's what the value chain assessment tool is all about, is to help you reflect on those, see where you're proficient, see where you could do some help, and that way we know where to focus in my coaching you. Fabulous. Well, we'll make sure in our notes that will be published on the uh, webpage that folks can have a link to be able to find your assessment and your information. Absolutely. I'd appreciate that. That'd be great for them. Great. Well, Stephanie, as we start to wrap up here, is there one recommendation or tip that you would give to our audience as becoming better speakers? You know what? I think the biggest tip I would say is that in addition to practicing out loud, remember that there are enough ways in the world for everyone to have their own. <laughs> so with that in mind, don't fall victim. You know, I encourage people not to fall victim to the imposter factor and try to imitate someone else but for, the, for everyone to find their own way 
find your own voice and let it be heard. So while there are some best practices that we know work and we know what doesn't work, learn them, but then learn how to break the rules and how to shape them to your personal style. Because in the end, it's authenticity that's your greatest strength. That's awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. That's great advice. That's great advice. Really appreciate what you shared here today. Thank you very much. And as we like to say to our listeners, see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about why practicing your presentation out loud is the single biggest thing to make your speech better. Practice makes permanent. Did you think I was going to say perfect? Well, you've been lied to. How you practice is what makes the difference, and better practice gets you closer to perfection. So if you're claiming to practice your speech, you should be speaking in the same manner that you intend to use on stage. Speakers are paid to speak, so that means real practice is out loud. Talking to yourself is not the same as audible practice. The rate and timing, the inflections... And even the words you use are different if you're running through your speech in your head versus saying it out loud. You'll catch repeated words that no computer screen will ever reveal. Not that there isn't value in silent repetition to increase your familiarity, but it isn't practice. I'll add one more advanced tip for those seeking to be true professionals. Record your practice and listen to it. You'll hear a different version than you thought you were delivering, and then practice can truly make you close to perfect. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I know you won't be surprised that I practice for these podcasts out loud, and I always listen to the recordings to make sure they're okay before publishing. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Tim Todorai, who provides executive coaching, HR consulting, and message management services that help shape success stories. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Oh, 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 oh,